0: Hello, and welcome to Buck's Breakfast Light Bites, the podcast. These are excerpts from our live breakfast show. Find us at bucksbreakfast.co.uk, weekday mornings 7 till 10, bringing you the antidote to shouty radio. On bank holidays, we give local authors group, the Wickham Writers, a challenge. Take one word and see what it inspires. And here's what they did with the word... Holiday Part 2 This is Buck's Breakfast Unexpected Holiday Written and read by Elizabeth Rodder
1: What do you mean you've booked us a holiday? When? And why did you ask me first? Honestly, David, how on earth do you think I could just fly off any when I've got so much on at work? I thought it'd be a nice surprise. You always said you'd like to go to Iceland. Yes, but we need to plan it together and look at possible dates when I can get away. Not just spring it on me like this. I can't possibly go. You'll just have to cancel it. (laughs) I can't, love. It was a last minute opportunity not to be repeated, take it while you can booking. So I've paid for it already. And anyway, it sounds brilliant. Flights included, 10 days in a four-star hotel, near the sea, all meals included, and optional guided tours. You know, geezers, thermal pools, maybe even the Northern Lights. And the best part is we won't have to quarantine when we come back. It's a green destination, see? Rowena looked at her husband's face and, despite her frustration, realised that he'd only wanted to please her and to have some time with her to himself. She felt guilty that she'd been working so hard recently and now back in the office again while he was still working at home. They hadn't seen much of each other at all. She began to relent. "'Oh, well, okay then.' Well, at least we've both had our jabs. I'll talk to Richard tomorrow and see if I can sort something out. I must admit I could do with a break and it would be nice for us to relax together again. Thank you, darling, for being so thoughtful. David smiled with pleasure and relief. He'd done the right thing after all. To her surprise, it was easier than she thought to get the holiday time she was owed. Richard knew someone who could stand in for her for a couple of weeks, and most of the work she'd been doing for the big contract was complete. Only a few ends needed tying up. She actually began to look forward to going away, and started mentally itemising all the clothes, swimsuits, shoes she would need. And of course she would have to sort out all David's clothes as well. He was never good at planning that, or all the little extras they needed. The week passed quickly and that weekend they started to pack, cancel regular deliveries and give a key to their very obliging neighbours who promised to look in occasionally to make sure that all was well. Although the weather was particularly wet and windy, the flight was thankfully without incident. They landed at Reykjavik airport in the late afternoon and soon found a taxi to take them to their hotel. Very comfortable hotel it was, too, just as David had predicted, and they received a warm welcome. Your room is number 206, on the second floor, and the porter will take your bags up for you. Our bags? Where are our bags? they said, looking at each other in panic the gradual realisation crept over them that they'd been so anxious to find a taxi they'd forgotten to pick up their suitcases from the carousel. "'Oh, my goodness! We've left them at the airport!' Turning to the receptionist, Rowena said, "'Please, could you possibly ring and see if they can be found and sent to us here?' The receptionist had a somewhat patronising look on her face, but she said, Of course, madam, if you would just give me a clear description of the bags, I'll ring straight away and I'm sure it will be possible to get them here for you. If you would like to go up to your room, you can at least freshen up after your journey. A table has been reserved for you in the dining room, which is over to your left here at 7.30 p.m., The following morning, they'd slept in their underwear, they went straight to the reception desk, where, of course, a different person, a man this time, nonetheless seemed to be fully aware of their predicament. "'Good morning, Mr and Mrs Jones. I hope you had a good night's sleep.' "'Well, the bed was very comfortable, but we were so worried about our luggage we didn't sleep very much. Is there any news?' said David." I'm afraid they haven't been able to locate your suitcases yet. It seems there were none left on the carousel after your flight had cleared. They're now in touch with the airport police, as the cases may have been retrieved and then taken away to a safe place. That's the usual procedure with unclaimed luggage, for safety, you know, in case of terrorism. (gasps) This is awful, said Ruina. Surely they won't blow them up, will they? "'No, I'm sure not, madam. "'Hopefully you will have them back very shortly,' "'said the receptionist, smiling. "'For the next three mornings, "'David and Rowena had the same conversation at reception, "'growing more and more anxious "'and having to buy nightwear and underwear "'from the in-house shop, "'a couple of sweaters and a handbag to put them in. "'Bit pricey, but we haven't any choice. "'Look at it this way, love,' said David." At least we had our hand luggage with passports, tickets and money etc, so we can go on the outings and everything else is included. I think we should just make the best of it while we're here and enjoy what we can. I know you're right, David, but there were some personal things in my suitcase and in yours and I'm beginning to think we've lost them forever. Come on, love, they're bound to turn up soon, don't let this spoil the holiday. We're going to see the famous Giza today. I'm really looking forward to it. The geological features turned out to be just as spectacular as they had been described. And in fact, even Rowena was bowled over by the beauty of it all, as well as by the warmth and friendliness of the Icelandic people. The day of their return flight came all too soon. Oh, it's been such a wonderful holiday, David, thank you. Well, I suppose we can say goodbye to our suitcases, can't we? I suppose so, love. That'll teach us not to rush so much next time. Relaxed and happy after their break, they giggled and linked arms as they went into the airport. At the check-in desk, they declared that they only had hand luggage to take on board. Actually, no, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, I'm happy to tell you your suitcases have been found. They were taken to lost property after one of our operatives realised they had been left behind. In fact, they have already been loaded onto your flight to London, so you will be able to pick them up when you arrive. Oh, that's wonderful, thank you so much, said Rowena. This is a perfect end to a perfect holiday.
0: This is Buck's Breakfast. You're listening to Buck's Breakfast Light Bites, the podcast. The Wickham Writers Bank Holiday Challenge. Shark, written and read by Sarah Jane Wellington.
2: Stay in this area, said their mother, and watch Sammy. They've seen a shark in the water further out. But Dragon says you'll be safe here, her mother smiled towards the street vendor. Do you trust him? Maria asked, looking at the old man. He sells sausages by the beach. And he has a shop in the village, said her mother. He's lived here all his life. A man like that sees everything. Dragon was the butcher. His shop had a blue door, which Maria spotted the next morning from their balcony. She'd watch him walking back from his boat before loading up his cart with meat for the day. One morning, she saw him emerge with a large knife and then wipe it clean on a blood-stained apron as he leaned on his doorway, staring out at the dusty street. In the mornings, Maria and Sammy would cross the dirt road and hurry down to the large cement platforms where everyone would gather to sunbathe. Dragon was always there before they arrived. Maria would put their towels down at the edge, right by the steps to the sea. This was, also, the furthest point away from Dragon. Here they would lie in the sun, read books, and swim until their mother came to buy them lunch. One morning, Maria was putting sun cream on Sammy, who squirmed as she spread the cold liquid across his back. The seafront was crowded. A man walked past them, whistling. "'He had a blue swimming bag slung over his shoulder, "'and it knocked into her brother's head as he strode past. "'The man quickly turned around. "'They couldn't understand a word he was saying, "'but he made a big show of apologising, "'reaching out to wipe Sammy's tears, "'giving them sweets, patting the boy's head, "'and then patting Maria's too. "'She was embarrassed, but smiled up at the man. "'Eventually he moved on, stopping a few feet away from them.' There he shook out his beach towel and laid it down with a big flourish. "'His wallet must be full of money,' said Sammy. "'That hurt.' "'Shh,' said Maria. "'He can't understand me,' replied Sammy. He pulled out his comic. "'I don't like him.' "'Well, he said sorry,' Maria said. "'And he gave us sweets. "'I thought he seemed nice.' Sammy shrugged but said nothing. "'He was actually friendly?' "'Not like some people,' said Maria, looking over at Dragan. "'I'm going in. Are you coming?' "'In a minute.' Maria walked over to the edge and made her way down the steps before swimming out into the warm sea. She followed the cement shore around until she reached a quieter spot. She stretched out, laying her head back in the water. Maria drifted, feeling weightless, her hair floating around her head like a halo." "'The waves lulled her with a gentle rhythm. "'Then Maria felt something brush past her. "'A hand gripped her arm. "'She lifted her head up in surprise "'and began to tread water with her feet. "'It was the man with a bag. "'He smiled at her and said something she didn't understand. "'She smiled shyly back at him "'but still tried to pull her arm away "'in the politest way possible. "'Sorry, can you?' "'Maria asked, looking down at the stranger's hand.' On it was the tattoo of a snake, with a scaly body coiled round his wrist and up his arm. He didn't let go. It was difficult to pull away from him without the ground below her to push against. She looked up at him. His smile had changed, and he gripped her tighter. She kicked hard, trying to pull herself free when she saw his other hand moving towards her under the water. All of a sudden, there was a flash of red, and her brother landed between them with a splash. "'Sammy!' She cried and grabbed him as he bobbed up to the surface, quickly pulling him away from the man. Swim, she said. When they reached the shore, Maria scrambled up the stone steps, dragging her brother onto the warm cement. She seized her towel and wrapped it around herself, trying to hide her shaking body. Why were you holding hands? asked Sammy. I was not holding his hand, said Maria. She turned away and began to cry. Sammy patted her on the back. When Maria looked up, she saw that Dragon was watching them, a deep frown on his face. "'Look, Maria,' said Sammy. "'He's coming back!' The man stopped swimming towards them when he saw Maria turn. He smiled and blew her a kiss in front of everyone. Something inside her snapped. Out of the corner of her eye, she saw the man's bag. Maria snatched it up and marched between the sunbathers to the edge of the concrete slab. She held the bag high above her head so he could see. The beachfront grew quiet. All eyes were on Maria. She began to swing the bag around and around above her head like a helicopter, going faster and faster. The man's smile disappeared as he realised what she was going to do. The bag flew through the air, crossed the water and just missed the man's head. It landed a few metres behind him and quickly sank from view. "'Yes!' cried Sammy." "'Come on,' said Maria. "'Let's go.' "'Bye, Dragon," called out Sammy as they ran past. But Dragon didn't answer. He was too busy watching the man in the sea. The next morning, their suitcases sat on the dirt road, waiting to be loaded onto the bus. "'They've caught a shark!' Sammy shouted, running up and grabbing their hands. "'Come on! They're gonna cut him open!' He pulled them towards the pier, moving in and out of people hurrying towards the boats. Even the bus driver climbed down to join them. The shark's enormous body hung suspended and lifeless from a high wooden frame at the end of the pier. Its black eyes stared menacingly out at the crowd, while its cavernous mouth gaped open with row upon row of triangular jagged teeth. One of the sailors moved behind the shark and pushed it forward, and the crowd jumped back with nervous laughter as it swung towards them. Then the sailor came round to the front and lifted up a huge knife. He paused for a moment before plunging it high into the white belly of the shark and pulling down, cutting the abdomen open in one swift movement. The crowd gasped, and some covered their noses as the smell hit them. Maria pushed forward, her eyes wide. Things tumbled out of the shark. Smaller fish, plastic bags, a turtle's shell, all spilling out onto the wooden planks with wet, slapping sounds. Blood poured out too, creeping slowly towards Maria's sandals like a tide of water. Suddenly, there was a shout from the crowd, and people began pointing. A man's severed arm had dropped out of the shark's cavity. Maria stared at the tattoo. She wondered how such jagged teeth could have cut the arm so neatly. It looked more like a piece of meat in the butcher's window than the savaged body of a man. Dragan stood at the top of the road, leaning on his cart, arms folded. Maria's mother stopped and said goodbye to him. He bowed his head as she dropped the last few coins of their holiday money into his hand. He nodded at the children and then turned away. They boarded the bus and Maria slid into a seat by the window. Sammy was still talking about the shark. She watched Dragon slowly heading towards the beach. It was only then she noticed the blue bag swinging from the back of his cart. This is Buck's
0: Breakfast. You're listening to Buck's Breakfast Light Bites, the podcast. The Wickham Writers Bank Holiday Challenge. Seeing Sense, written and read by Michael Piercy. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. Myself. What a
3: world. There are conversations we all try to avoid in married life, but they have to happen. They cannot be avoided. Oliver was sure his wife Marilyn would see that what he had to announce made perfect sense, taking everything into account. Spain, he said, I, I want to talk about Spain. Marilyn didn't look up. She only mumbled, Yes, okay, Spain. He waited, expecting she would drag her attention onto him when she felt ready. But it didn't happen. Marilyn, he prompted gently. Spain? Oh, yes, she said, Spain. I, I am listening. I just need to, um... Oliver would have preferred that she was looking at him and fully engaged, but the time had come for action. There was no turning back. I don't want to go to Spain this year. Well, any year, actually. I don't want to go to Spain any more, Ever. And Marilyn stopped mid-brush stroke and slowly turned to face Oliver. He watched in horror as her hand, the one holding the stable artist brush from the set he'd bought her for Christmas, drifted slowly down the canvas and inscribed a perfectly straight dark blue line across two bananas and an orange. "'You're spoiling the fruit,' he said. "'Well, that's your fault. You can't expect to drop bombshells and not get casualties.' She slowly adopted her bemused, shocked expression. "'Not coming to Spain. What does that mean, exactly?' Oliver cleared his throat. Well, to be exact, I said, I don't want to go to Spain. I didn't say I don't want to come to Spain. Come and go are subtly but significantly different in this context. Marilyn squeezed her eyes into an angry squint. You can come and go as much as you like, Oliver, but we are going to Spain. I, I would prefer not. We always go to Spain. We love Spain. From the corner of his eye, Oliver saw disaster spreading further down the canvas. You're spoiling the fruit bowl now, Marilyn. She snatched the brush from the painting. Don't change the subject. You love Spain. It was your idea to go there in the first place. For ten years we've gone to Spain. Eleven, he corrected her. But it is time for a change. Change? Marilyn went all quizzical. I've been collecting brochures, making inquiries, doing the research. I found a lovely villa in... Yes, he raised his hand. I've noticed the brochures piling up. I should have spoken sooner. Marilyn shook her head in disbelief. "So, So where do you want to go? Nowhere, he said. Well, nowhere abroad. Nowhere that we have to fly to. Suddenly, shockingly, everything fell into place for Marilyn. It's those bloody friends of the earth people. They've got to you, haven't they? Nobody's got to me, as you put it, said Oliver. It's pure, simple, common, good sense. Marilyn had her own version of good sense. Friends of the earth are the reason that we had to buy that expensive electric car last year. Oliver could feel himself becoming defensive. There were government grants and incentives. It was a sound financial decision to go electric. That's all very well, Marilyn said, but we can't visit my sister in Sheffield any more because there aren't enough charging points en route, or so you claim. You never liked my sister. New charging points are coming on stream all the time, he said. Anyway, I get on fine with your sister. It's her husband I can't stand. Don't change the subject. You, she jabbed a finger into his chest, you have been brainwashed by friends of the earth. It's not brainwashing, it's information. The truth about where we are heading if we don't take steps to correct what we've done to the climate. Marilyn crossed her arms over her chest in a last word pose. When we got that new car, that expensive new electric car, you said it would be our contribution to the battle against climate change. Our contribution. That means we've done our bit. Now we get the holiday. Oliver shook his head. The battle is not yet won. Individuals have to step up and take on the big boys, the airlines, the travel companies. By refusing to travel, we can bring them to their knees. Use our power as consumers to end this insane pollution and disruption of our climate. Drive them out of business. Save the planet. Marilyn considered this. We can only drive them out of business if there are enough charging points en route. Don't be facetious. You're better than that. Marilyn couldn't help whining. But I want my holiday. You'll have a holiday. A wonderful holiday. In England, a staycation. That's not a word. Both the Oxford and the Cambridge dictionaries include staycation. Shut up, Oliver. Marilyn's voice became threateningly calm. None of our friends have given up their holidays to save the planet. Oliver was ready for this one. So, when the planet becomes too hot to support life, at least we'll know that our friends have enjoyed a few nice holidays en route. Ah, Marilyn said triumphantly. Then you admit that all these sacrifices will prove to be a waste of time. We're all going to boil whatever you make us give up, en route. Surely that expensive, shiny new, battery-powered boy's toy out there on the drive is enough of a contribution. Carbon offset, I think it's called. Your electric car buys us the right To fly to Spain for a holiday—it's only two weeks in the sun, and it's only once a year. Oliver sighed. There is so much wrong with what you just said. I don't know where to start. Why don't you call your friends at Friends of the Earth? They'll tell you what to say. In the meantime, can we start going through these brochures, or are you going to leave it all to me again? Oliver considered this, thought about it deeply. He didn't feel his message was getting through, and Marilyn's feelings of loss did echo a little of what he also felt. Maybe, he thought, maybe just one more holiday wouldn't be so bad. If they kept quiet about the destination, the flight, and put nothing on Facebook, who's going to know? And Marilyn's carbon offset argument was a good one. He said, Perhaps we shouldn't rule it out completely. Why don't you show me that villa you found, just for old time's sake? Marilyn kissed him. As she passed him the pile of brochures, she chose not to say, I knew you'd see sense eventually, because some things are best left unsaid. Everybody has a summer holiday things they always wanted to, So we're going on a summer holiday to make our dreams come true for me and you.
0: You've been listening to the Wickham Writers Bank Holiday Challenge as broadcast on Buck's Breakfast. Lots of other interesting stuff will be elsewhere on our podcast channel. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to Buck's Breakfast Monday to Friday 7 till 10am at bucksbreakfast.co.uk for The Antidote to Shouty Radio.